All right, here we go. Welcome to another uh, first time quick rest of the episode edition. So this is episode 204.5, I think, or 206 or 207, really, if you're, if we're just going to call every episode an episode. So I'm excited. Thank you guys for joining us. And so Jason is one of my favorite people, one of my favorite people to have on. We always have tons of great conversations. I really respect um, how he thinks. And I also respect him because he's really, really well read. And so him going out on his own was to me, I did not expect that at all. I actually um, thought you were like, uh, I don't know, a company man for company I, man. I, I, I am. Yeah. So, um, so it was kind of a shocker in a, in a good way. Like, I think that's always good to like mix things up. And I definitely think of you as a mixer upper. So I'm going to, um, we're going to talk a little bit more about um, you and about going out on your own and then some, cause a lot of, I know you're really a big reader. So have you always loved books? Um, I've always had a problem finding the books that I like. Like uh, I would, I was, when I was in school, like all through school, uh, I would read ahead in my textbooks and, and I loved that. Like even my math book, I would like read ahead and, and all that stuff. But then I had a real problem with a lot of the, the fiction that I would read because it just didn't click. It's like, you know, they're making up a story, but I always felt like I couldn't relate to it or get into it. And so um, I had some teachers whenever I was probably early teens that were like, you know, stop reading these books over here that are in your section library and like read, read these books. In fact, uh, this book, I'm sitting in a bookshelf here. Breakfast of Champions was the first book that a teacher gave me that, uh, that changed the way that I look at reading altogether. And I read that book like probably twice a year. I read it a lot because it's a really good book. Um, I even have a tattoo based on that book. Uh, you do? That, I do, yeah. Yeah, I'm wearing a lot of stuff, but I got a, uh, one of the drawings from the book. Um, and, and the thing is, is it's like, uh, you know, I, I wasn't always that way, but once it clicked, it, it, it clicked. And then a few years ago, whenever I started, you know, kind of taking my career seriously, uh, I decided that I was going to keep it. It was important to keep educating myself. And so I started reading books that I hadn't read before and rereading books that, you know, just in a new light. And so then I made it my goal to read a, a design book every two weeks. And so that led from, it went from design books to leadership books to organization books to how to start your own business books and and now it's really like any book that pertains to what you know what we do uh i read and and now it's to the point where actually uh different companies and different agencies that write books are sending them to me and writing them like enjoy this book and so i'm actually getting books for free for the past you know couple years i've been getting free books that's so, awesome. Do you do yeah. reviews or do you just talk no, to people I, about it? No, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I talk to people about it, you know, person to person. And most of the time, I will, if I have a book that I've really felt would benefit somebody, I'll give it to them, you know. And, and the other thing, you know, is that I highlight, like when I'm reading, like I have a really like strict reading habit where I highlight anything that pops out and it's like, oh, that's insightful. That would look good, you know. I, I highlight that. And I do that for two reasons. Uh, one is so that whenever I go back to reread the book or just to look at it, I can, it's almost like a note to myself, you know? Mm. And then the other is that if I'm going to give the book to somebody else, it's like, this is something that I think is important for you to know, mm -hmm. you know? And so I, all my books, which that also goes against my like kind of, I have an OCD thing where like, I like to keep stuff really nice. And so highlighting a book is it's, it's, it's an exercise for me in itself. Right. So, um, so I think it's really interesting. So how many years ago did you start? Did you, um, so it clicked when you were in high school? Or yeah. Before that's, that? No, it was really in high school. Um, that's whenever I, I realized that, uh, you know, cause I had kind of given up like just from, you know, being forced to read the stuff you read in school, you know, but the only time that I would ever really, uh, do well was whenever we would have to read a biography, you know, mm -hmm. so we'd have to do our book reports. And it was like, I mean, literally every, like if I did 10 book reports, nine of them, I'd watch a movie and then lie and pretend like I'd read the book, you know, and they would always know I'd get busted every time. And then I started reading biographies and it was like, I would read the most obscure biographies and just do these lengthy book reports because it just interested me so much more. Um, 
and then, you know, having some teachers that recognize that and then be like, you know, fiction is good. You're just not reading the fiction that clicks for you. And so now it's like, you know, they, they got me into reading like Vonnegut and, and Mark Twain, which fun, uh, oddly enough, like we're situated to the east and west of where I lived. And so um, those are two authors that everybody should, should continue to read, especially Mark Twain, uh, because like, you know, it gives you like, like right now you turn on the news or something and it looks like everything's just, you know, oh, we're just the worst times, you know, it's just, everything's just awful. Read Mark Twain and you'll be like, it's the same as it's ever been. You know, and it gives you like some comfort to like think that the problems that you see aren't, they're not new problems. Well, and I think you know? that that's something that when I read you and my dad's a big history buff and, you know, a lot of this is not new. It's just no, because no. people don't know history well. And so they think that it's like doom and gloom, but really yeah. we've got to learn from what's been happened in the past. That's, that's exactly right. And, and, and what that does is it, is it makes it so that you don't get obsessed with it and consumed by it, you know? And, and yes, like processes change, you know, I mean, the new, the way we take in media changes and we adapt with it, but the message is the same as it's ever been. Right. And so, and so just, that's, that's, life and work and time it's always taken a huge part of our day yeah. you know and so yeah, exactly they were dealing with work-life balance in the 20s That's you know exactly in the right. 30s for sure so yeah so well what are some of the books that you would recommend so say um and i know we didn't talk about this exactly or i didn't frame it this way but what would you um what do you think has impacted what impacted you at an agency the most? And then what was a book that impacted you that you were like, Hey, maybe I can do this. Mm -hmm. um, so, so let's see, I grabbed a couple of them. So uh, rather than just be like, read this specific book, what I want people to do is seek out the types of books that I'm talking about. Not the exact, I mean, some of them I want you to read the exact book because there's some stuff that like you just can't. So like, so like, uh, Make Enemies and Gain Fans, which Snask wrote. Everybody go read this book. Like, th if I had to recommend one book, it's this one, because these guys are crazy, and you won't believe, like, they, they, they wrote this book in, like, a weekend, and it's about how they became an agency in, in wherever they're at, in Finland, or, or they're in Sweden or somewhere. But this book will blow your mind out the back of its head, because you just can't believe it. And it's, this is awesome. And, uh, most of the books that I read don't have a lot of pictures. These okay. have some pictures, but there's not a lot of pictures. Okay. Um, but uh, these guys, I, these, I read a lot yeah. of books that don't have pictures either. I was just wondering because yeah. it sort of looked like it was formatted. It could have pictures. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, like, yeah, Russ said you read that book in one night. Felix read that book on the ride home from creative South. I handed it to him and he was back there the whole time. He's like, I can't believe it. So this book is really awesome. It's, it's a good way to give you like confidence in how to kind of BS your way through a lot of stuff and mm -hmm. see how they did it. Um, but the other thing too, is it's like, uh, one of the first books that I was reading was, uh, so we used, um, mm. what's it called? Basecamp. Well, the guys at Basecamp wrote a book. I think it's important for you to know the people that you're working with. And if you're using a product, that means you're working with the people that make that product, you know? I, and so it's good to know what they think. Cause you want to know if you're working with psychopaths <laughs> or not, you know? Right. And so always like if you're using something and those people make something else, find out about it, read about it, you know? And so rework is a good one, you know, in that, in that light, you know, but if you're not, you know, any opportunity you have to learn more about the people you're working with, do so, you know, right. that's a good one for that. So, so. so then, so I, you also read books more than once. So yes. that really has to do with where you are in life and maybe a book that you read, um, two years ago when you weren't doing your own thing. And now if you reread it, you get something else out of it, right? You do. And that's, and that's really why I highlight it. And then I highlight in different colors for different times I've read it. So here we can do an experiment. So um, here, the creative's guide to mm -hmm. building a business with impact. So these 99 U books are awesome too. Get all those and buy them. So let's see, let's find something. So I'm trying just, to write them down so that I can put links I'll, in the show notes. Okay. Okay. So, uh, I have so that book, see. but make your work so, count. Is that what it says? This one is, it's, they're just right now 99U. They've got three books. Okay. Get all three. So like, for instance, like something I highlighted that at that time was important to me was, I'll get to find a shorter one. 
Um, in startups, the attitude towards management typically manifests itself in the unspoken assumption, we can't do this well, so we're not going to do it at all. At that point, that was something that was important to me. So whenever I go back and read this, you know, it says, you know, when we feel like we can't do something good, we just don't do it. Right. And that that's, then that, that's something that a lot of people believe. And so I highlighted that because for whatever reason, that was telling me, you know, if you're not good at something, figure it out and don't just avoid it. And so a lot of times, you know, that's why I highlight this stuff is so that whenever I go back and reread it in new light, you know, or in a different situation, it, it works. But yeah, these 99 U books are great. Uh, and, and you can read them really fast. Um, the other thing that I want to talk about is the reason for reading these books, because I've had people like I've talked to people that they'd be like, Oh yeah, you read all the time. You've always got a book with you. And I was like, yeah, you know, I, I read, I don't really like, you know, it doesn't say I'm my LinkedIn reader, you know, but you know, I just think it's a vital thing. And I've had people been like, Oh yeah, yeah. I've, I've read the books, you know, saying that you've read the books. It, that's like saying you've been to all the colleges. That's like saying you've, watched all the shows you know it's absurd and the thing is is it's limiting and it, and it tells me that you've stopped learning uh the reason that you want to keep reading these things is because we we frame everything what we do is is we create stimulus as designers as everything you know we can say we're communicators and sometimes we are but what we're doing is we're creating some kind of stimulus and what we do is we make a shape or we make a ad or something like that and then we rely on the person that's looking at it to give it context to frame it with their experience and their knowledge and 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 everything they've got going on is what builds it so like social media is a great example so if i were to post a nike logo just a nike logo with no comment or anything on my instagram and leave it up there for two weeks everybody would speculate what that means you know they would be like oh is he going to work for nike did he, did he right. do this you know they knew i didn't make the nike logo but they but they know something, you know, they're going to start building on that, right? And that's them filling in that context, mm -hmm. right? The more knowledge that you have, the, the, the better context you can give things. So the more you know about any given subject, whenever you see something, your brain will fill in with such better information than if you know nothing about it. So like, I know a lot about roller derby. If I see a roller derby poster, I can immediately tell you if it's a good roller derby poster or a bad one. You know, same thing if it was a band poster. If you knew a band really well, you'd be like, that the, that poster doesn't fit the band. If you'd mm -hmm. never heard the band before, you wouldn't have a clue. You'd just be like, oh, it's a cool poster. It's got a skull on it, and the the band is in flames. But if it's a Coldplay poster, you know, and you don't know their music, it's that's not going to fly. It's the same thing with what we do. The more you know about it, the more you can put into context and, and just – the more, the better informed you are and the faster you can think. Does I think that make that, sense? Yes, totally. And so that's also where it comes in. I feel like you were um, a good employee, but you're also a good um, entrepreneur because you're going to do the research. Research on the client to make sure that they're getting what they need. And then it doesn't just fit your style, but it fits what they need you to do for them. And so it, I feel like that's a, that makes you a good designer but it also makes you, I, I, I think that people who say, oh, I've read that or whatever. I mean, one of the right. reasons I started reading a lot um, more business books was I had followed this guy on social media. And I think I've probably told the story before, but his name's Srini Rao. And he had gone to Stanford um, for his MBA. And he said, this was the biggest waste of money. And so he said, I really should have just read a bunch of books that, everybody has access to. And there's a lot of people who have these kind of like make your own MBA kind of things. And I, right. I've just read those. And I, I do believe that there are lots of things and always will be more that I can learn. That's so. true. That's true. And, 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 you know, a lot of times in my talk that I give, I say, you know, never let your cup get full. And, you know, if, if it fills up, get a bigger cup, you know, and like I was talking about last time, that vessel, we all have that, you know, we all have a vessel. And, and if, if, if it's full, like think of a pro athlete, you know, and if a pro athlete showed up on day one, they're like, I'm the best I'm ever going to be. Grab somebody who says they're not, you know, that's almost as good, but has a long way to go to get better. You know, if you already say, oh, I already know all this stuff, you know, you're, you're selling yourself short is what you're doing, you know. And, and really, 
you know, and I've had other people tell me that, that it's like a, like act like it's like a sign of weakness to have a book, you know, like, like you don't know everything and you're telling the world you don't know everything. But in my opinion, like that's a strength to let the world know that you don't know everything. Like, I feel like in my career that I'm, I hope I'm not even at the halfway point, you know, and the, the, the quality of my work and the type of work I'm doing is like at, at a C average for whenever I look back at everything. I hope my A plus work is still ahead of me, you know, but for people that are like, I know everything and this is the best it's going to get. And my first idea was the best idea. And that's that, you know, you're just selling yourself short. Right. For sure. So you have some other ones over there. So um, Belsky, right? Scott Belsky, the yeah. making ideas happen. I've read that a couple oh, times. That's a good one. That that's one, a good one. So I listen to a lot of my books and you don't cause you're obviously a no, fast no. reader. Yeah. I don't, and you I have don't, to highlight. But you so can. I, I, yeah. Did you know you can highlight in Audible? Here's the problem. I can't listen in Audible. Oh. So I, I, I daydream constantly. And if somebody's talking, if, if they're talking, I will go 15 minutes and not retain a word. And I'll be like, wait a minute, I'm listening to a book. I got to back it up. And I'll realize that I'll have to back it up 30 minutes to figure out where I was at because I just, it's not that I tune it out. It's that I'm thinking the whole time. And so I can't like my brain won't do two at once. So I have to read pages. And even then I'll read a whole page and I'll be like, I didn't really read that. And I'll start over and read that page again to so, retain but- it. But you do read fast because you'll finish like a ton yeah, of books. I read really fast. And I don't skim either. I read every word. So I, I just read really fast. Can you, you have can music going on when yeah. you – okay. Yeah, I, can, I can blast music. I can do all kinds of stuff. I can read on a plane on a boat with a train. <laughs> um, I can do all that stuff. Uh, but, yeah, the Scott Belsky book, this is a, this is a good one too. Um, like that, and, and, you know, here are the 99U books as well. Um, a, a lot of the books I don't still have because if they're really good, I give them to somebody else and have them read them. And so I've got books just out there all over the place because it's, you know, in one of these books, it says if you don't share your knowledge, it's like stealing from your company. Mm-hmm. And uh, I agree. And, you know, if you don't work for a company, not share knowledge, you know, I was like, I, somebody was telling me the other day that they had some printing process and they were just holding it so close. I was like, you didn't invent it, you know, I mean, so. Right. You know, hoarding information is just not the way in 2017. I, I, I've learned that. So 2007, I might have not told you any of this stuff, but today it's vital for all of us. It is, and I it doesn't you, make you any less by you sharing. It actually no. just strengthens oh, yeah. the other people. Like this book, The Graphic Design Cookbook. You would not believe how many times. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, is I flip through this thing, and it has the crappiest right stuff like how to put a how to put this frame right here around your 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 page border devices right you know when was the last time any of us used a page border device but when you're staring at your screen and you're mashing this letter around trying to get it right and i can just take this book and flip through it and i look at that and it clears out my head and the way i look at that is like if you're doing like a taste test and like you smell some coffee or something to clear your palate it's the same thing just clear your palate with something flip through it and then look back at what you were doing. And it's like, first of all, that was way better than anything in here. But now I'm, I'm looking at it a little bit different. So you know? I also think of you as like an artist. Cause you do a lot of, you paint, you draw and you do a lot and you really do have kind of a style. I know you can be flexible cause your roller derby stuff, derby stuff looks different than other things. But right. do you use Pinterest at all visually or when you are? Yeah. I'll show you. I have books that are better than Pinterest. So <laughs> like these crap hounds, like I get these and these are so much better than any Pinterest board could ever, you know? And so like this one is heads, ha- hands, hearts, and eyes, clowns, devils, and bait. <laughs> and my favorite is superstition. And so I have tons wow. of stuff like this that are just like, the coolest stuff that you will never find on any Pinterest board. And so I've just got tons of this stuff. Like what I'm sitting there looking at is, is like a shelf with like every single thing is full of stuff. I got stacks right here. I got that stuff behind me. I got like the stuff that I grab for quick reference all the time is like right here, you know? Um, And it's all kinds of stuff. So like even like books of nothing but pinup girl paintings, like I use all this stuff all the time for reference and it's not to like find styles or anything. It's just like a lot of it is like figuring out like what people are doing. I mean, I even have like, remember these like how to draw books. 
Oh, I like, love it. It's like it's like make a circle, make a line, and then draw the L. All right. So these things are incredible because I remember whenever I was a kid, and you would just draw with the finished product, like right from the start, and they'd be like, "Okay, you're gonna draw a picture. Get out your paper. Get out your masking tape. Get out your Exacto knife and your gum eraser and your and all that stuff." And it's like I don't need all those tools, you know. I and just draw the picture. Well, now I use all those tools. I understand them. Like I used a French curve the other day, you know, and it's like, I didn't even know what the hell that was, but it was in one of those books when I was a kid, so I own one and then I actually needed it. And so, you know, that came from a book and you can't necessarily, like I don't do a lot of research on the internet. Like I'll post stuff like on Dribble, but I don't scour Dribble to see what's, what's popping on this next logo I'm going to do, you know? I mean, I have just all kinds of reference material that, that to me is like way better than Pinterest. So what you about, know, and, what about like classes? Like, do you do any classes online or online learning? Oh yeah. Yeah. So the, um, like all that new, like Skillshare stuff that they put up, that stuff's great. The best classes you can do is every time that your, uh, Adobe updates and it says what's new, learn that stuff and then teach it to everybody around you. Hmm. Cause you would not believe how many people, like I posted something the other day. I mean, just with a drawing a little brush that like, it's not super advanced, but I had like 10 people and I don't mean to call it any of y'all if you're one of them, but I had like 10 people send me a message like, how do you do that? I'm like, I just made a brush, you know, an illustrator. And I was like, I thought everybody knew that, you know? And so I really like it. Like the, like the one that, uh, that, uh, that, like Draplin's uh, Skillshare that he put up how to make a logo. Mm -hmm. It's really cool because he's like, you know, and then you cut this little piece out and he's like showing in a really basic level. And the thing is, is that now I know that if you've seen that, you, you know how to do that. And I'm not assuming that you know how to do that because it's amazing. Like we use these tools, but it's amazing how many people, they only know a few little things about them, you know, and they don't know everything. So definitely like online tutorials about the products that you use, you know, and those are the most important you can do. But anytime those things pop up, I like to see how people get down. I like to see their process, you know, because in the end, it's basically the same way that you do it. You know, they don't they don't climb into some kind of echo chamber and and float on a bubble and and make a logo with their mind. I mean, they do it the same way we do. All right. So, what other books? What books have you read or that have hit you? And maybe it's just a part of them that you continually think about um that comes back to you not when you're reading it but it can like i have books that like I, that or movies or things like that like a, a scene from the book or a, right. a message that somebody said what what continue has continued to pop up year after year for you uh, um i probably wow. should have uh, told you no, uh, no there's a lot though that's the thing is that there's a lot and and a lot of them they're not design books a lot of them are like these Vonnegut books um, because there's a lot of themes in them that, that tackle like, you know, what you're going through. And so like, there's a book. Uh, um, oh, it's one of them. Anyway, the bad stuff keeps happening to the guy, you know, and it's, and it's not like he's a bad person. It's just like his luck just never turns his way. And there's a punchline and it's like, I had to laugh like hell. And so it's like, you know, you're driving to work, you're five minutes late and you get a flat tire. And it's like, I had to laugh like hell because it's like, of, you know, of course, you know? And so that like stuff like that, those little, those little like lessons that you can learn, you know, really go a long way in everyday life. And, and it's a good way to keep, again, it's to keep yourself grounded, you know, and it's to keep yourself kind of from, from seeing things and being like, Oh my God. God, I'm the only person on earth that this has ever happened to, you know? Right. And, and, you know, reading blogs is great. You know, you can find all kinds of stuff out about the blogger that wrote him by reading blogs, you know, but a book like has to go through a lot of people for them to invest in making a book, you know, mm -hmm. and so there, and, and there's a lot of smart people that make books for a living and they have said that this book is good enough for us to spend millions of dollars printing, give it a shot, you know, right. blogs and all that stuff are great, but it's like, picking up a newspaper and only reading the opinion section and thinking you got all the news. Right. Right. I say that about, even about design that if students are only going to uh, Pinterest or only going to the web for design inspiration, anybody can make a website. I mean, mom, I know you're in here, but you can make a website if you wanted to, but she probably wouldn't make a very good website. You know, it wouldn't look very good. Not that my mom doesn't have good taste. I love my mom, but you know, like, you know, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, there's only 
ever been one book that I just couldn't finish because it was so bad. I'm not going to tell what it is because it was made by an agency. Uh, but it was just, it was so bad. It was like, oh, we wrote a book in a day too, you know, because that seemed to be popular for a minute. And it was like, I was reading it and it was like, this isn't very good. And I don't believe you. That was the problem. It wasn't that it wasn't very good as I didn't believe them. I thought they were just mm-hmm. writing stuff that they wanted people to hear. And so I, I just didn't even finish it. Um, so, but, but for the most part, if you don't, if you take the themes from several books, you know, so don't read one leadership book. Don't just read, don't read right. outline. Don't read just one Malcolm Gladwell book and then be like, I got it now. Read all of them and then figure out the themes that, that, that apply to you across all of them. I also think yeah. it's important to read like biographies. I think me and you have talked about that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And biographies that aren't business or aren't anything. And it just, but those things. And I think that's what makes designers designers because we're researching all different kinds of things and we're curious and hopefully you're curious. And you know, we, we just, um, it influences us because we learn about trains or ironwork right. or whatever that's it is. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And, and one thing too, that they like, that's important. Like we were talking about context earlier, you know, a lot of designers and, and a lot of times I speak to, I try to speak to younger designers and, and basically that's my way of, of speaking to myself, you know, whenever I was a million years ago, a young designer, um, you know, we tend to make work everything that we do. You know, it's like everything is about work. And so you know, think about the last time when somebody says what you've been doing and it immediately goes to work. You know, it's like, well, I've been working on this or I've been working on that or I've been working a lot or I've been working a little. You know, it's always work. You know, I mean, even this that we're talking about, this is work related, you know. And so I had somebody tell me a year ago, it's like you need to get a non-creative hobby. And it took me forever to find something that I didn't turn into be in some kind of scheme to be creative, you know, and eventually it got to be, I would go to the batting cage and hit baseballs with a baseball bat because that was the only thing that I could come up with where I wasn't trying to make a t-shirt out of it or something <laughs> like that. And, and so that kind of stuck with me. And it was like, how do you get that mm-hmm. message out? Right. Well then, uh, uh, this guy came out with this book, right? The first chapter of this, the, the these first pages where, he's going to go snowboard and all this, that's this stuff should be required reading because this, you know, he was not designing so that he could be a designer. He was designing so that he could dick around and not have to work and go snowboarding and ride a skateboard. And he snowboarded so much that he wrecked his body where he can't snowboard anymore. You know, how, how many, how many of us are doing their hobbies so much that it's taken more of a toll on them than their work is. And I think that that's important for us all to get back to, including myself. You know, I mean, I went and started playing ping pong on Thursday nights and I'm designing shirts for the ping pong league. now. You know, find something that is literally not creative at all. Like go garden or something, you know, and that's creative in a way, but you're not going to turn that into a, a business model. You know, go garden, find something. If you don't have something to answer for what you've been doing and it's not hiking or kayaking or whatever it might be for you. Those aren't my things. Um, time because uh, find something, mm-hmm. you know, reading is a, reading is a good thing for that because you can get out of that mindset, you know? Mm-hmm. And another thing I was listening to NPR last night and they said, uh, you know, I was listening to NPR. Uh, anyway, um, uh, uh, they said, uh, to get away from, to, if, if you can tell that it's 2017, like if you look around you and you can tell that it's 2017, go find another place until you can't tell. Hold on a second. Go, go until you find a place where you can't tell what year it is. Mm. So like, you know, go to a park or out in the woods or something until you can't find, figure out what year it is. And that's the only place that you can really kind of be free. That's great advice. You know, and so I, that really stuck with me because, you know, that's kind of what I'm trying to do a lot of times whenever I'm reading is just to take myself out of the context, you know, and, and you know, almost kind of go somewhere else, but be here. So anyway, I'm kind of rambling on. But no, that, that's, that's, those are, those are important things. I think that's one of the reasons that you've been able to be so creative, but you also run, right? Yeah, I run, I play racquetball. Now I'm riding a bike. I wouldn't call myself any kind of fitness advocate or anything, but uh, I do get up and walk around here and there. I got, yeah, but- I got a fit, I got a Fitbit to make happy. So uh, I try to keep the high score on that as much as possible. But uh, yeah. 
but all right. So um, what about side projects? So you talked a little bit about doing ping pong or, or um, so, but really you've also started like when we were talking on the test one, you said you kind of break your day into three things. You have West to sometimes, or you have freelance sometimes, and then you decide how, a third of the week is going to be the side project. And it's just yeah. currently, I mean, you have reading and all that stuff is all constant. That's an always thing. But yeah. talk about why, why having a side project and um, what that does for you. So side project, when I say side project, I don't mean side business. I don't mean like right. I got a t-shirt company or a lifestyle right. brand on the side. Like right now I'm doing this uh, free art Friday thing. And here I got, so I bought, I bought uh, all these little magnetic canvases. Oh, cool. a magnet on the back, right? And I've pre-drawn a bunch of things on them. And so I've got boxes and boxes of these, and every Friday I give them out for Free Art Friday. So I paint one. I got, you know, paint brushes and everything right here, like on the ready, like handy, like right there. And uh, I paint one, and then I go stick it up on a light pole or something, and that's that. I don't post about it on Instagram. I'll do like a little story thing that goes away. But like at the end of the year, you're not going to see like 52 little painting posts from me, right. you know? And so that makes it so that I've got a, it's like a time management thing, but it's also like a, it's just kind of cool to like do something and really care about it and then just give it away. I mean, we do that all the time. We do that with every logo we do. We make something and we love it. And then we just send it out in the world, except with a painting, nobody's going to, you know, set it on top, put it, put a, you know, a flag background on it like they do our logos. Uh, right. But, you know, stuff like that is cool. You know, I got this cool little thing here that I got to paint, you know, uh, um, but just like hands-on type stuff that, you know, I don't necessarily get to do all the time. Um, I do that stuff. But it's important to have like just a lot of stuff, just to stay sharp, variety, you know, keep your mind just from – going crazy, you know, and, and I know a lot of people like to just do posters or they just do typography or they just draw on chalkboards. And that's fantastic. As a matter of fact, you know what, the other week I drew on a chalkboard, somebody, I got, I traded, a, um, I drew on a chalkboard for a hamburger place. I drew a Girl Scout cookie milkshake on, on a chalkboard and I got a hamburger for it. So the going rate in Augusta, Georgia, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> is one milkshake drawing for one hamburger. And it's a good hamburger. It's a very good hamburger. So well, that's, that's good. the good. If you want, to, if any chalk drawing people want to move to Augusta, that's that's how we're getting down. <laughs> so Russ says Sports Center. I wish it was Farmhouse. Oh. Y'all are but talking it, your own language. Augusta yeah, we're talking language. Our, yeah, you just have to come here to to understand the difference in those two. One of them is one of them is farm to table, and one of them is floor to table. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um. I've been known to eat stuff off the floor. So I, I push my, whatever you call that. Um, 10 second rule. No, I'll tell you about it. It, my mom probably wouldn't be happy, but anyway, there, it was the in between semesters and they must have had candy in December. And in January, when we came back, there was like a red hot or something on the floor. And I was like to my class and they were juniors. So they'd had me for like one class. Oh, no, no, it was the seniors. The juniors had already come in. And so then the seniors came in. I was like, oh, my gosh, look, somebody left something on the floor. And I kind of had to pull it off the carpet a little bit. And I said, um, I said, does anybody dare me to eat that? And they were like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I did it. And I'm still alive today. I there just take a lot of weird chances, I guess. But I have jumped out of a plane <laughs> five times. Really? Yeah. I don't think I've been on a plane five times. Yeah, so I guess I'm a little bit more, um, what do you call Daring. it? Daring. Maybe. I just don't think about stuff like that. I mean, I know I called my parents after I did it the first time. I was like, hey, guess what I did today? Um, <laughs> but that was my Christmas card that year. It was me jumping out of a plane, and um, my cousin was like, whoa, she did some great Photoshop work. I was like, what? This was real. <laughs> it wasn't Photoshop. Um, anyway, but I think, I think it's in, so for me, I'm exactly who you're preaching to. Like I am the person that is only doing design or it feels like, and I have so like, um, I really do want to do, I want to feel like I can claim, Hey, I'm an illustrator. And so I really feel like I don't give it enough time. And right. I feel like that's how it is with, with growing a business or, 
or learning or, or people, you know, I feel like when we invest in other people, yeah. um, you did a ton of time with the roller, roller, I don't know why I want to call it roller derby, <laughs> roller derby. Um, yeah. And that was, it's an investment. It feels like to me when I talk to you, I'm like, he does not have 24 hours in a day like me. It feels like, like on Thursday night, you're playing ping pong. I'm like, man, when do you, I don't know. Like, you know, <laughs> I don't I sleep a lot. I don't sleep. I don't sleep too much. I get up pretty early, uh, but you're right. You know, and the thing is, is like roller derby. Actually, um, that's where I really learned a lot of the skills. As far as this is more than just making shapes on a screen. The the things that there are ideas are are you know what those things are rooted in are very important, and then we can decide those. And so it really started from like I want this thing to be successful. You know, not like I want this thing to look good and then die in a year. Like I want it to be successful. And my goal was that I want to help make it so that in a few years I can buy tickets and go enjoy this myself. And that's where it's actually at now. So it worked. Uh, but it was just being super hands on and being like, okay, I'm going to write this. I'm going to design this. I'm going to promote this. You know, I'm going to be the announcer. I'm going to be the event planner. And, and so what I thought was just kind of messing around on the side became what I do for a living, you know, because before that, you know, I showed up and I lined up text and I current headlines and, and crop photos really well. But that was like the extent of what I considered my design job to be. And then once I realized that the ideas that we have are the value that we have, you know, the shapes that we make are cool and we all make different shapes, but the ideas behind them are really what set us apart, you know? And so I learned that because of all the stuff I got to do for roller derby and because I said, okay, this is like an incubator where I can try out my ideas and prove that they work and realize that my ideas have value. And then it's a lot easier to go to an agency and then say, okay, I want to do what I did for this roller derby team for every client. You know, I want the, the pest mm -hmm. control company to have the same kind of thing I just did for this roller derby team. You know, and, and that's way different than being like, okay, well, tell me what the logo is supposed to look like and I'll arrange those shapes and, and right. you know. It's, but you needed it's a playground? Different. The roller that's derby exactly became right. the playground. That's exactly, that's exactly what, it, what it was, you know, and it was, it was a place where, you know, the risk, there was, there was no risk because there was no expectation of it succeeding. You know, it was, it mm. was just a, it was like a fun and games thing it, and it wasn't like life or death you know, and so I could do different things. And then, you know, I actually, then I, the way that I got noticed is that I, somebody uh, submitted a lot of the stuff I'd done for some awards and I showed up to the awards that I'd never even heard of and got some awards and all the agencies were like, who the hell is this guy? You know, and I was like, oh, I just did some, drew some neat things for a roller derby team. You know, I, I didn't think it was serious, you know, and that's the thing is that I was taking it too serious before Mm. And it was kind of hindering me and it was keeping me from like, you know, putting myself in, like you said, you wanted to be an illustrator. It was only a couple of years ago that I felt comfortable writing down a professional illustrator on there. And it was because like nobody had ever said, okay, you know, I want to sit in this job interview and hire you as this illustrator. I was doing a lot of illustration and a lot of times that was becoming the solution. And so it was like, yeah, I'm an illustrator. You know, I can say that and not be lying about it. You know, right. and, I, and I'm always real mindful about things like that. I don't want to oversell anything. So, like, for instance, I've done work for Coca-Cola, right? I've printed things for Coca-Cola. I've never originated a design for Coca-Cola. So I'm not going to put out there that I've worked for Coca-Cola, even though technically I have, you know. And so I'm always mindful of, like, calling myself something that I'm not or right. over-representing something. And so I'm comfortable calling myself a, a illustrator. You've called me a letterer on occasion, I don't know. I think that's an, that could be an insult to the actual letters sometimes, but uh, I draw some letters here and there, but right. I'm not a letter. But that's you know, one day. But those are the parts that I love about you. And those are the things that are, you're humble. I mean, you come across, you can, like you come across, you're like, ah, like if you just look at your Instagram or something, it's like, um, but you're just having fun, you know, yeah. you just, and, but really like you're super humble. And, the other thing I think is great, and it's what I'm taking in, and I feel like I do this, is giving back. You are investing in other people on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. It's important, you know. I mean, it's your peers, you know. And and the thing is, is that it, you get you get paid back for all that stuff. 
you know, I mean, for, for instance, like, uh, so me and me and, uh, another designer, Leonard, who has a documentary about him now, uh, me and him would go to the museum. We do this art biz class where we could talk to high school kids about having a job in the arts and it would be like a cartoonist and we're designers and there'd be photographers and architects and all this stuff. And we would go every year. Well, when we started, those kids were freshmen mm. and now they are completing their first years of college. And it's so cool. I got a letter and I got this, this like screen print of me, some stupid picture off my Instagram, but that's somebody made this like six color screen print and sent me a letter saying they just completed their first year of school and that I had inspired them to pursue this. And that's like the coolest thing that you could possibly do. You know, have somebody be like, you inspired me and, and now, and, and I get that at conferences too. Like whenever I talk at conferences, I've had several people come up to me and be like, I was thinking about quitting and I'm going to stick with it, you know, and that is better than money. That's better than, than anything that you can get. You know, I mean, I had somebody make a damn, look, somebody made a cookie cutter of my face. <laughs> That's I mean, awesome. the, the stuff that whenever you help people like you will get back like and those are tangible things but just having somebody just knowing that you help somebody and and because I mean think about all the times that you need help and somebody just kind of swoops in out of nowhere and is just like a savior you know and but do you the, like you know. specifically like and then I'm going to get to all of Joe's questions um, do you specifically pick out like three people to kind of mentor or do you, because like the high school people you're going uh, in so and it's just ends up being, but like when you're doing like the 5k stuff or when you're helping somebody and you're giving them books and you're talking to them because you're, you're spending life with these people and yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. And, but the thing is, is, is that if you're, if you're always looking for opportunities, they'll present themselves so often. You can't just grab a random person off the street and be like, I'm going to mentor you. You, no, you just no, realize no. you, you just realize you've been mentoring them. Right. You know? And so like, uh, like I got a buddy Jamin in Orlando and me and this guy talk like once a week, we text all the time. And, and I only know him from bumping into him at creative South every year. And I've given this guy career advice. I've given him advice on all kinds of stuff, just constantly, you know, and me and him have become really good friends, but it's just through, that that like mentoring each other you mm -hmm. know and he's in orlando and so there's a lot of stuff that goes on down there and so a lot of times if i hear anything on the news i'll hit him up and be like what's going on down there you know and so it like these things kind of occur organically like it is great like whenever a teacher asks me to come into a class so like i'll go teach like a um like i used to teach like a drawing class like pen and ink drawing like like, like that kind of pen mm -hmm. and ink and uh, i would teach that and just show them how to do it and the basics and all that stuff. And then whichever kid, if there was somebody that showed like a real special interest, you know, and looked like they could excel at it, I would just give them my supplies. So whatever mm -hmm. box I came in with, I would just hand it to them and be like, go do this, you know? And I don't know if they put it on a shelf or became, you know, Picasso or whatever, but it's, I can go buy more supplies, you know? And, mm -hmm. you know, hand and somebody something like that, it, you know, it could make a huge difference, yeah. you know, and, and I just didn't grow up like with a lot of people around me like that. You know, I grew up around farmers and, and, you know, dudes that were coming to home. be that way. I don't know. I just, I, it just seems, it just seems like the way that everybody should be to me. Mm -hmm. You know, most of the stuff that I do, it just, it just seems like how everybody should, should be. And so, you know, um, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. You know, it just, it just seems, seems right. And so, you know, talking to people and, and giving them advice and even like, if I don't know all the answers, you know, and I don't know everything, I, I can be like, well, here's what I would do. If I was in your situation, here's mm -hmm. what I would do. And, and there's a high chance that I might fail, you know, and, but that's the big thing too, is just being, not worrying about failing. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's kind of a cliche and people say that all the time, but you got to mean it, you know, you got to be, you got to be able to do stuff and, and not really worry about what people think because if you move at a fast enough pace, you will, you'll be, you'll pass everybody by, you right. know, even if you have a 50% failure rate, you're going to pass everybody if you do enough stuff. Right. So and right. over time, your failure rate will get lower. Right. Anyway, I'm just glad that you do that. Cause I think it makes a difference. I've always, I just always enjoy when we get to see each other in person and then we yeah. get to talk, we just have, 
you're, you make a difference in my life. So I'm glad. So let me read Joe's question. So Joe says, okay. um, Jason, have you read Paul Shear's article about pro bono work and how it's not such a bad thing? That, that is a great article, um, and, and it's absolutely true. And, it's, and, and do not take that article and be like, well, that works for her because she's polished here. That works for everybody. Do it. If, if, if you are doing something for free and you tell, go in there and say, I'm going to do this for free and it's going to look just like what I want to do, that's exactly what I did with Roller Derby. I mm -hmm. said, I'm going to do all this stuff, and it's going to be my way. There's going to be nobody to edit it. There's going to be no committee, nothing. It's just going to be what I give you, and mm -hmm. it's going to be for free. And that's absolutely right. That is a great article and it really does apply to everybody. And it goes back to my 5k theory. You know, mm -hmm. if, if your buddy's got a 5k and he has no money, be like, I'm going to do your 5k stuff and it's going to look like I did it because I want to get more work that looks like that. Right. All right. And so so here's, yeah, that's a great article. Here's, um, I guess this is sort of comment, uh, so it says, I asked because she talks about one of the benefits is that sometimes you get more control than you would in other areas. So if you're trying to gain skills or show a skill at a certain uh, element of design, sometimes having some free work that gives you that control are beneficial. And I completely agree. And Matt Dawson just had like this killer like one-liner in there and I had just have to read it because I love Coca-Cola also. He said, I work for Coca-Cola in that I do work in order to get Coca-Cola, which I thought was funny. Um, <laughs> And then Joe said, curious as to your thought on that, if you ever pick up work that you do for free or near free as a way to hone certain skills, do you think you do that? Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the stuff that I do for roller derby is, is, is a but prime example. Have you done and, anything since then and expanded skills based um, on? Sure. Uh, let's I, the, like the posters that I do, the screen printed posters, you know, uh, I mean, I do posters for a band, but if the band calls me and is like, we want this poster or that poster, I'll recommend them to a poster designer. You know, right. the reason I do posters, because I'm going to print them myself and it's, it's labor. And I try to include a design challenge in each one that I can try to overcome and learn from. Um, and so, yeah, I, I do the same thing. You know, if the band is like, like, Oh, well we want this and this. I was like, okay, well here's somebody. I was like, but I, I want to do this. And if this band wants it, then they're going to get it. Otherwise, the next band will. And, and that's only because I'm doing it from start to finish, and I'm buying the paper, and I'm renting a space so I can print posters. I'm not a poster printer. You know, half and half as a poster printer. Right. I got their poster right there on my wall. To, you know, and if somebody needs a poster, that's who I'm going to send them to. So if I want to print a poster, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to learn from it. But you know what else you do that's really cool is that you also are honing some of those soft skills of management. Like you are doing oh, yeah. project management. So you're like, hey, I'm going to get this. Tell them kind of how you, because I think we only think of these physical technical skills or on the computer, or I'm going to try this new style. But really being in this role by being your own boss, you've been able to expand and say, hey, I'm going to test out what it's like to be a project manager or to be a creative director. Right. It's exactly right. So, so like I'll get somebody that calls me and wants to have lunch or something and they want to talk about a project and we'll talk about it and, and I'm completely open-minded on that. And then they'll give me the parameters of it. And like, I, you know, a good example is like, I need a logo for my business in five days. Well, you don't need a logo for your business in five days. You want a logo for your business in five days, but you know, if that's the, if that's that, and that's just kind of one little red flag. Mm -hmm. Then the next one is like, and I've got X amount of dollars to pay for it. What's going through my mind is not that, that I deserve more money than this, or this client is unrealistic. What I'm thinking about is what else could I do in the next five days? And how does this job compete with that? Mm -hmm. And so I think about it. I'm like, okay, in the next five days, I'm going to design a poster for a film festival in Atlanta. Now I'm going to weigh them out. The film festival in Atlanta, I'm not getting paid to do. This one over here, I would get paid to do. I would rather not get paid and do this poster for the film festival in Atlanta and drive to Atlanta and stay at Matt's house and go to the show than to just get some more money and then miss that other experience. You know, but what I do is instead of saying nope and then walking out, I say, I'm not going to do that myself, but I'm going to find you somebody that can. And then I've got now I'm up to four different people, like four mm -hmm. designers in Augusta. And I text them all the same text. And I say, here's the real deal gist of this thing. You know, client needs it quick. Here's how much money it is. I'm not getting any money. I'm not taking a percentage right. or anything like that. But what I'll do is I'll look at what you do and help art direct it 
so that I can be like, I don't think that's what the client was feeling whenever he explained it to me. You know, it's just right. one set of eyes that, with an understanding. And that is working out great, you know. And I was talking today. I found I, I might have found me a, a proofreader, you know, because I'm doing a lot of stuff and I'm sitting here doing it by myself. And I'm not a great proofreader because I don't read. I, okay, I don't read the stuff I design. I read these books about design. But whenever I design a magazine or something, I don't read it. It takes me forever to get anything done, you know. So I see a I see a block of text. Right. I look at the indent, make sure that they're all, cons you know, consistent. I look and make sure that that block ends on a period and that's it. So I need somebody else that can read for me. So, so I'm doing all that stuff. So one of the other things I think is great about you is that it seems like to me as an outsider, as your friend, it seems like you also are just as happy if somebody else wants to be the creative director and you let them be that. So ego mm -hmm. doesn't really come into it for me when I talk to you about it. I think, again, I think this is something that is Jason Craig and not a lot of people. <laughs> I don't, and I think that we should be more like this. I think that we should not get so wrapped up in, well, I'm not the, I'm the senior designer or I'm the whatever. Right. Because one of the things, it allows you to kind of just, um, you don't have to think as much. And I called it the executioner, but that's, but it's really doing production or whatever. But I kind of like the term, the executioner, um, in a weird way. Not, you know what I mean. Okay, right, but yeah, there's yeah. no facial expression from Jason on the other oh, side. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, but it's your flexibility of being able to be the creative director, but at the same time in another project, being able to be the production designer or the executioner. Right. right. And, and actually that, that's where Westaby really comes into play and, and is really good for me because I, I love production design. Like I would, I could lay out a phone book. I could lay out like that, that like the classifieds, I can kill that stuff. I love doing that stuff. I love working in InDesign. Like that's like Zen for me. Like doing an identity is the, is stressful. Mm -hmm. And the reason it's stressful is because you just, you just make something and hope that you hit your target. I, you, you do a publication and, and you're going for a hundred percent accuracy and you know when it's a hundred percent right. And so I could, I love doing that stuff. Mm. Like I don't, and so, so all that tedious little stuff where like I can fly, like whenever you get to like the calendar of something, you know, and it's like this style is this. And then this style is mm -hmm. this, like I love going through and just methodically doing that stuff. And, and that, that actually transfers more into like my artwork than anything else, because I'll put these little meticulous patterns into something that take hours and hours to fill in. But then whenever I'm done doing it, I look at it. I was like, wow, that's kind of impressive that I did all that. Um, and so, you know, it's like, there's nothing that I'm above doing and there's nothing that I'm below doing it. There's, there, I'll explain, you know, if somebody's like, oh, can you make my website? I'd be like, I could probably hash you together a website if I had to. But when I go home or whenever I'm walking around, I don't think about websites. I think about print. You know, I think about identities. I think about logos, but I don't think about websites. And I don't think about animation. And I mm -hmm. love that stuff. And I wish I could do it. And one day I will. But today, like, I don't know how to do that stuff, but I, but I, it's necessary. You know, I didn't do any social media until, but I, I was never on Facebook until last year. And now I'm mediocre at Facebook. I'm, I'm, I'm doing enough that I can promote a music festival on Facebook. You know, the things that I'm good at, I try to do as often as possible, you know, but I don't avoid the things that I'm not good at. Right. So what about your stress level? And then I'm going to let you go because I know we're, two hours, but I love talking to you. So, <laughs> uh, stress level these days is like almost zero. Um, it, it took me a long time to get to where I'm at, but, uh, but, um, I'm, I'm super happy with, with my situation as it is. Uh, you know, it took, it took a year of being out of the, the high stress agency mm -hmm. environment, which listen, I love, I love that. I love the high stress. You know, I mean, I was, I thrived on that. It was kind of like kindling for a big fire. Mm -hmm. You know, the thing that fuels that now is, is knowing that each one of my hours is an opportunity for me to do something that I really enjoy doing. And, you know, the fact that I, I'm getting paid to do it is it, just that that's taken time to get to that point. We could all just stop doing, we could all stop doing everything and just start drawing stuff and have different levels of success with it. But the fact that people are asking me to do this stuff, you know, is, mm -hmm. is just, it, it makes the stress go away. And so whenever I'm evaluating, like how vital is this hour of mine? Like right now, this hour of doing this show is great because I like you and because all these people, I, you know, I, I, I love spending time with y'all. But, you know, if it's an hour of 
you know, laying out a magazine or a newsletter for a doctor's office, I might not want to do that. And it might be worth getting not paid that hour to not have to do that. And that's where I don't have the stress, you know? And so, um, some people, you know, there's the whole like pressure makes diamonds type thing, but pressure and time makes diamonds. And so, um, you, you don't always have to be like running on high anxiety to do good work. Sometimes you can do it with a clear head and, and do it in a well-intended, like focused way, you know, and, and get that done too. So stress isn't necessarily a motivator for everybody. So sometimes people are stressed about money and making enough. And I feel like sometimes designers don't charge enough. How did you That's get true. to that point where you felt like, you know what? I'm not stressed. I don't have to, you know, every hour has to be billable. Right. That you feel like you're getting what you you are valuing so, for. There's there's two sides to that. And one is a tough it's a it is a tough one to to tough pill to swallow, but money will come. There will be money. And that's that's so hard to tell somebody that, that has a light bill due. But mm-hmm. money will come. You know, and believe me, if I if if I had a light bill due and that $300 logo was, was right there, I'd be doing it that night, you know? And so it's easy to say, you know, I'm going to turn down some money whenever you don't need money, but it will come, you know, and it's just that that'll happen. The other is, is, you know, billing, knowing what to bill is, is one of those things. Everybody knows what a mechanic costs. Everybody knows what a, what, you know, if you take your car to the body shop, you know what an hour of labor works costs for them, you know, but we all keep it such a mystery that it's difficult for us to compare. And then you get like the ethical pricing guide and it's like, you know, $16,000 to design a billboard. And you're like, who's going to, you know, how's it going to I mean, I remember the first time in Augusta that I heard somebody had, somebody had paid over a thousand dollars for a logo. And it was like, you know, who is this mystery guy that's charging a thousand dollars for a logo? What's this logo look like? It must sparkle, you know? And then, and then, Within a couple of years, the city paid some agency $55,000 to come up with a three-word tagline that nobody ever used. And mm-hmm. so our pricing is just all over the place. And so really what you got to do is, is um, the way I've done it is kind of I figure out like how much I want to make in a year, what I think is fair. And then I kind of divide that down by how much that is a day. And then I just kind of whenever I'm looking at something, I'll do that. But, but then I also take into consideration, am I making – a 5k logo or am I making the Google logo? Cause they take the same amount of time, but one of them might live for 20 years and one of them might live for, for 20 minutes. Mm. And so you got to take that into account too. Um, but really it's, it's, it's a feel thing. You know, if people are accepting your prices, raise them until they don't. Hmm. Yeah. So. so, and in Augusta, it's not like it's this huge market where it's not the same as Atlanta price wise. Right. That's right. But, but the thing is too, is that because the cost of living here is so low, it opens you up to do stuff for other markets. And so, you know, right. we flew on, I've, I've, we've flown up to New York before and done a lot of identities in New York because we could get them done because we're not in New York, right. you know? And so that, that's a big advantage to having, you know, living in a place where you rent a lot cheaper. Right. For sure. For sure. Oh, <laughs> Russ said he just realized you were wearing a bow tie. Lift up your chin there. He had a meeting. Yeah. I had a luncheon. I had a luncheon, people. <laughs> a luncheon. That's right. All right. So thank you so much for being here. And I can't wait to hug your neck in three weeks, I guess. Yeah, three weeks. I'm have a merch table and I still gotta make some merch. So uh I gotta make stickers. I gotta make I I gotta make I gotta figure out what I'm gonna make. I don't know. I got we'll figure it out. I'll have it done though. Yeah, me too. I will too. I'm not doing a sketchbook this year though, so I'm gonna do two stickers. So I think that's okay, don't you think that's okay? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Is it okay? Is it okay for you to give stickers to people? Yes. Well, I think it'll I usually, be okay. Well, I usually just wanted to give them a little bit more value, but I just haven't had time and I just let myself I said, Hey, this is gonna be okay. I'm not gonna um stress out. I don't know if anybody ever used this I mean, some people like sketchbooks, but who knows? Next year, I'll have something different. I think showing up is the is is the important thing there. And if you have a sticker, that's just a value add. But I think hanging out is the abs. Don't abs- lose sight of that. Every every designer in the world <laughs> don't think you got to come up. You got to invent something to hand everybody. Just show up. That's the important that, thing. That's very true. All right, so I'm going to make sure um, you should have custom pins. Pins like writing pins. 
I guess oh, so. That's how you say. Um, so, all right. So, um, I want to make sure everybody knows how to get in touch with you and you, you can follow Jason at, on Instagram at yeah. Jason, the two nine TH. So the 29th. And then his Facebook is also there. So he's all over it. And I hope you guys um, enjoyed, I don't even know what to call this, the after show, after show, the rest of the questions. Part the rest two. Is part two. Anyway, um, thank you so much. And if you are listening on iTunes, you can follow me and sign up for regular weekly stuff at rechargingyou.com. And you can, if you have want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, it's at Design Recharge. And I will um, see most of you next week. It will be a very early um, thing. I have a thing that I couldn't get out of uh, in the afternoons. It's just a rapid recharge next week, um, and I may end up just pushing it off to the next one. Who knows? But it'll the next two weeks are kind of iffy. Um, but I will send you an email and let you know when to log in. But it'll probably be around. Uh, nine central. So me and I think um, Brian White are both central time, right, Brian? And then um, Eastern, you'll be 10 o'clock or something like that. So anyway, thank you, Jason, for coming. And thank you. Um, I will see you guys next week.